This episode is sponsored by the Learn Jazz Standards Inner Circle. If your goal is to level up your jazz playing this year and feel confident improvising over jazz standards, the Inner Circle has everything you need and more. With monthly jazz standard studies, a library of powerful courses, and a vibrant community of like-minded musicians, you're guaranteed to improve your playing every single month. Podcast listeners can get 50% off their first month when you go to ljsinnercircle.com. That's ljsinnercircle.com or find the link in the show notes. Now, on to today's episode. I'm wondering if you can identify with a personality type that I happen to identify myself with, and that is that of a high achiever. Now, a high achiever is someone who just naturally always wants to be progressing, like isn't usually completely satisfied with where they're at in any arena of life and always wants to continue to go forward and get better, which is been a great thing for a lot of aspects of my life and has really helped me out and been a great tool. On the other side of things, sometimes it's actually been quite the detriment because not feeling satisfied with your where you're at continually can be a big problem and you have to learn how to manage that. Well, musicians and creative types often identify with this kind of personality type. They want to move past musical plateaus and become better musicians continually. So in today's episode, I want to talk about six things you can do if you find yourself on a musical plateau and how you can start overcoming that and also managing the feeling of being on a musical plateau. Let's do this thing. All right. What's up, everybody? Brent here from Learn Jazz Standards. We help musicians just like you learn how to play jazz all while shortening the learning curve no matter what instrument you play. Uh, what just happened there? New podcast intro music? Unbelievable. We have not changed the podcast intro music, any of the music on this podcast since 2016 when we first started it. But uh, yeah, we are officially changing the podcast music. And that's part of a big, uh, I guess, internal branding project that we have going on here at Learn Jazz Standards. We're actually right now uh, finishing finishing off the development phase um, or the design phase, rather, of our, our brand new website. It's going to be a, a totally different experience, which we're really excited about. And it's actually in the development phase right now. And our Inner Circle membership, we're also starting to work on the design phase of redoing parts of our membership, improving it, and uh, making it look nicer, of course, but also just creating a better experience for everyone, uh, that uh, even better experience than they're already experiencing now. And so it's kind of an exciting thing going on in the background. But part of that is just we're slowly kind of just kind of changing some things about the way we do things on Learn Jazz Standards. So kind of exciting new podcast music. We're going to have some new podcast art for our logo pretty soon and, and a bunch of different things just like that. So uh, stay tuned. I'll let you know more about that stuff um, as it comes along. But today, of course, we are talking about six things you can do when you find yourself on a musical plateau, that frustrating feeling that you're just not improving musically, that your jazz solos aren't sounding any better, that your comping and your bass lines and all that stuff is not sounding any better. Perhaps you still have the same technical limitations that you have for years or months on your instrument. And that's just not a fun feeling to be in, even if you aren't really the high achiever type that I was describing earlier. Again, that's someone who always feels like they need to be improving to feel satisfied, which again is not a 100% bad or good thing. But 
it can be a problem, especially if you find yourself on a musical plateau. And I definitely, for all of those who uh, don't don't actually find themselves in that category of personality type, who generally can be a little bit more content with where they're at in life, I envy you and I certainly am studying you because that's the kind of person I want to move more towards. Anyways, that's a side note uh, on Brent's personal growth and development. Again, you see what I just did there? Trying to personally grow and develop all the time? High achiever right there. Anyways, let's go over the very first one. What to do when you're on a musical plateau. Number one is actually just to take a break. So just take a break from playing. And I know this might sound like counterintuitive, like if you want to improve at something, why would you stop actually doing it? But here's what I find, that breaks are actually incredibly powerful for people that tend to obsess over their improvement or whether they're improving or not, right? Taking a break, just stepping back for a second from what you're doing. You know, I kind of liken it to this idea of, um, when a when a small child is growing up, so my daughter Magalie, you know, she's now fifteen, no, fourteen months old. Yeah, fourteen months old, and I remember, of course, when she was just a little tiny baby. But she's just kind of growing up in front of my eyes, right? I see her every day, all day, all the time. And the other day, my wife and I looked at pictures of her when she was just one month old, and I was like wow, she actually looks quite a bit different. I just hadn't seen a picture of her in a while. And that's because I'm so close to her in her development and her growth that while I do see things change about her, because again, she's a small kid and she's changing fast, like I don't see it as deeply as someone who, for example, a relative who doesn't get to see her all the time where they see her again after three months or so, four months and go, wow, she's really changed a lot, right? And so- that's kind of something that can help with a break is when you step back away from your musical development for a second, you're actually better able when you come back to it a week or two weeks later to actually see the improvement that you have indeed made. Sometimes we just don't see it because we're too close to it. Okay. Also taking a break allows information that you've been working on to kind of sink into your subconscious a little bit, right? Give your brain a break from the same old stuff over and over and over and over again. It's just really helpful. And every single time I've taken a break from playing, whether it be a day or two or a week or even, believe it or not, a month, I've come back feeling so much more refreshed, surprised at my abilities on my instrument, and definitely surprised at the, at how I didn't lose anything, right? Sometimes we think when we take a break, we're going to get worse at playing, we're not going to be as good, and and perhaps there's something to be said where the the technical ability, like you might lose maybe just a little bit of the warmness of your chops, but those you can easily get back. The music, though, and all the muscle memory and the things that you've been doing, that stuff's not going to go away unless you literally stopped playing for like a year, right? You're really going to maintain and retain a lot of stuff. And even then, I imagine you could gain everything back a lot quicker. So number one, if you're finding yourself on a, on a musical plateau, and especially if you're frustrated with the state that you're in, just take a break for a second and step back. It could be really super helpful. Number two, Uh, This is a good one. Practice something different. Number two is practice something different. Um, I believe I told this story on the podcast, but I'll tell it again. You know, when I was first starting to teach 
music. I was in high school. I was doing it just to make some extra money to save for college and stuff like that. And so I would teach beginner guitar lessons, usually to kids. And my thought process then as a new teacher was to essentially teach the kids the way that I operated myself with music, which was essentially like, I was really into it. I was motivated. I practiced a lot. I, you know, had the attention to just like practice the same thing over and over and over and over again until I got better at it. Right. Which is really not the vast majority of people who are trying to play music, right? They don't have that, especially if their kids and their parents are like maybe kind of prodding or forcing them to play. Anyways, I had students where they would learn their open D and G chord and, you know, come back the next week and they still wouldn't know it, right? And so my thought was, well, okay, well, we just need to keep forcing you to get this D and G chord before we move on to the next thing. It's almost like a video game, right? If you don't beat this level, you can't get to the next level, right? It's just a linear process. That's the way I thought about things. But sometimes with some of the students who just especially really weren't committed to practicing or any of this stuff, it really would be just this vicious cycle of like, we're working on the same, same old things and, and, and not really progressing. And what I learned over time is that's actually not the best way to approach it. When someone's kind of hitting a brick wall, when someone's not resonating with the material that you're presenting with them, you need to figure out a different angle to approach the same problem or go to a different problem altogether. And that way we can keep variety, we can keep the fun going. So sometimes what's happening in our playing, we feel like we're on a musical plateau, is because we keep attacking the same thing the exact same way, right? So for example, you're not really happy with your jazz solos because it doesn't really sound like you're playing the chord changes. So one strategy perhaps you're working on is playing the chord tones, right? Which is a, a, a big thing that we talk about in my inner circle membership. Like the chord tones are great, they're they're powerful, but perhaps you're kind of just doing this over and over and over and over and over again. But for some reason, you're not really seeing the results in the practice room, like or you're not really seeing the results when you're actually going to improvise. So there's a disconnect somewhere. It's not that the stuff that you're practicing with the chord tones isn't helpful. It just means that at some point you have to go, okay, what am what else am I doing that I could fix? Or what's another approach to this? So you might want to say, okay, I've practiced that for a while. Let's look at this same problem from a different angle. Like let's try to play the chord tones with approach tones, right? Or let's try to learn some solos by ear and then study it. Or let's try to take lines into all 12 keys. Or there's a ton of different strategies, right? You can approach to that problem of outlining the chord changes in your solos, right? So a lot of different ways to approach the same issue. So if you're just hammering at a brick wall with with literally a hammer, right? Maybe what you need is a sledgehammer instead, or maybe what you need is a uh, you know a, a piece of machinery to actually break through that wall. You need something slightly different. Okay. But again, in some cases, it's sort of like, hey, we're working on our jazz improvisation, our solos, but perhaps you're a piano player and you're just focused, focus, focus on that. Sometimes it's like, hey, actually, let's just switch it up. I'm getting frustrated with my progress in this area of my playing. Let's switch it up entirely. Let's work on voicings, right? Or even like, let's work on a different style of music. Like sometimes like actually working on a different style of music can kind of freshen things up for you a little bit. And also just remember that whatever you're working on with other styles of music, it's definitely improving your jazz playing too, right? Because again, jazz and pop and rock, all of it is helping you become a better musician in general, 
right? So sometimes that's just what we need to do. We just need to practice something different altogether, right? If you're just like stuck on your scales and you're thinking like, hey, if I keep practicing my scales, I'll get better technique. And then you're not getting better technique or I'll keep practicing my scales and I'll be a better improviser and I'm not becoming a better improviser. Then all you have to do is just go, okay, that's fine. I gained something here, but let's take it from a different angle. Let's practice something entirely different or let's practice something different on the same problem so that we can make some actual progress here. So that's number two, practice something different. Number three is an important one and that is get expert help. Okay, get expert help. I find myself a lot doing this at this time in my life is I've come to realize that I cannot find all the answers myself and sometimes it's very inefficient or even more frustrating to try to find the answers myself. Uh, I'll give you a couple examples. We'll start first with my business. As you know, my business is Learn Jazz Standards, right? And it's kind of, if you have ever owned a business before, it's tough to grow and, and nurture a business. Like it's not an easy task. And so early on, you know, I, I was really learning myself. I'm just a musician, right? So learning business and marketing skills, all that stuff, that was way beyond me. But what I did was I would listen to podcasts, kind of like you are now, watch YouTube videos. And I read a lot of books, like a lot of books about business and marketing and all this stuff. So I really learned that way. And that served me for a while until I realized that I didn't know how always to put that information that I was learning into an actionable plan. Or sometimes it was too much information. Or sometimes I realized I was spending way more time actually trying to learn and figure things out than I was actually implementing things, right? So eventually, after some time, I graduated and I hired a business coach to help me. And I joined mastermind groups, which are basically just groups of other business owners who you know hear about your problems and they help each other out, right? And so I started getting expert help, right? I started asking the right people to help me. I started asking other people to do work for me. I started, you know, hiring other people to work for my my company, my team, right? And so that's essential as well as musicians, right? Is to sometimes just go and say, hey, what expert out there can actually help me? So for example, that could be hiring a private teacher, right? Going to a private teacher. And you don't have to do this every week or every month. I know that's traditional, but sometimes you could just treat it as a doctor's appointment. I used to do that um, in college in my adulthood. I would just do a check-in with one of my favorite you know, jazz guitarists or jazz musicians. Like I took a lesson from John Patitucci once. I took some lessons from Peter Bernstein, one of my favorite guitarists, right? And, um, you know, I had other teachers as well that I would do just check-ins with, not necessarily regular stuff. And those guys were able to go and look and listen to my playing and go, oh, here's what you're missing, or here's what you need to do, or here's a pathway to start following, which led me down a path for at least a good amount of time. And then you can do another check-in. So a private lesson teacher obviously is a great thing to do. It's it's important to, you know, if you're if you really want to improve as a musician, it's important to realize that like again, it's a good thing to invest some of your time resources, but also your money resources, right? If it's important to you into learning and playing music and getting better at it, right? And so even better than just um, investing in you know a, a music book, which I find you know there's so much great value in music books obviously, but a lot of times music books are just like, here's a bunch of stuff, right? 
and it can kind of almost read like a YouTube channel, right? Or a podcast, right? Like this. And I'm not trying to, um, I'm not, I mean, I'm not trying to say that listening to podcasts and YouTube, cha- uh, YouTube videos are bad or anything. Like, I think they're great. Like I said, it, with my business, I utilize that fully and learn so much and, and, and got a huge jump start. But eventually you want to get some expert help at least into that mix, right? So another option of course could be like a, a course or a membership. Like we have our inner circle membership that we could certainly help you with. Um, we have a lot of people in there that again, come for help for, for pathways to learn one jazz standard a month. You know, it's professional help where you're getting real pathways and feedback. So that could be an option as well. So if you're feeling stuck on a musical plateau, think about getting some expert help to help moving you along. Number four is along the same lines, and that's ask a fellow musician how you can improve. Ask a fellow musician how you can improve. Now, that might seem like a, a weird thing to do, but hopefully that you have some musician friends or some people that are doing something similar to what you're doing where you can be open enough and vulnerable enough to say, Hey, you know, I'm feeling a little stuck in my playing right now. You know, what's your like honest opinion about where you think I could improve or what's something that you think I could do a little bit better, right? I mean, sometimes it's scary to ask those questions or to be vulnerable, even with a friend, but sometimes the gold that you can receive from those are amazing, right? Just from asking someone else. I mentioned a little earlier in my business, I'm a part of mastermind groups, which again is a group of you know other entrepreneurs or business owners that together help each other figure out what we can do better. And it's the same with musicians too, right? Like when we have friends and other musicians we're playing with that we're able to ask very clearly and specifically like, hey, how can I improve? Then you can get some direction and some feedback there. Like maybe you just never thought of the fact that, hey, you know, one thing that's just not really working very well is you keep playing up all these short, broken up phrases in your solos. What you need to do is play more longer flowing eighth note lines, right? And perhaps that never dawned on you, but you just needed someone else to tell you that or someone to say, hey, you know, I noticed that when you're playing your saxophone, you're always playing a little bit sharp or flat, right? So there's some technical work that needs to happen. And so maybe someone just needed to tell you that, right? So utilizing the the peers that you have around you can be super, super important. And definitely in our inner circle membership, we have a very vibrant community where this happens all the time. Like people are you know, asking each other for feedback and for help and posting their progress and videos of their playing. And they're getting not only encouragement, but sometimes like a, hey, here's something that you can do that I did that helped me. And that can be very, very valuable. So number three and number four are very much about looking to people outside of you, whether it be experts or other musical peers, to try to gain information or insight about what you're doing, right? That can be incredibly, incredibly, incredibly powerful for you. Um, Number five, number five is audit your playing. And I've talked about this a lot on the podcast, but I'm going to keep talking about it over and over again because I do believe it is so, so, so important. And this, again, where we just talked about three and four being external, like finding people outside of you to get help, this is really about internally 
trying to figure out what's going on. So one problem that I find with people that are stuck on musical plateaus is they're kind of just doing the same things over and over again and expecting to get different results, right? That goes back to number two, where I talked about practice something different, right? If you're just doing the same thing over and over again, expecting different results, change it up and see if a different approach is going to resonate with you better, right? But also, number six is all about what am I doing great and what am I not doing so great? And once you understand that and know that and you're able to actually analyze that, you can actually get an honest assessment for yourself of where you should go next. And so many musicians are absolutely not doing this. So here's what I would recommend you do. I would recommend that you record yourself. And when you record yourself, please don't do multiple takes because you want to hear something that you like to hear. Please don't do any of that. Just record yourself in one take And, you know, don't worry about trying to sound good. Just worry about this is the way I play now because all you're interested is being honest with yourself. And it's good to practice being honest with yourself, right? You're not going to improve if you're constantly not being honest with yourself, you know? Um, And so here's what you do. You record yourself one take. You listen back to that. And the first question you ask is what am I good at? Or like, what did I really love about my jazz solo or my comping or whatever you're analyzing. What did I really like about my playing? And write those things down because these are the things that you actually want to double down on. And it could just be a hint of something that you liked, just a hint. Like maybe it's not quite developed yet. It's not quite there, but it's just a hint of something that you like, the way you play a note, the way you played a line, the way you comp, the rhythm that you played, whatever it is, you liked it. Some part of it could have been one note, two notes, three notes, a whole measure, two measures, a whole chorus. You point that out to yourself and you realize that what we can do is find strategies to improve upon the things that you're already doing very well, right? Because that's honestly where you're going to get the quickest results is like, ooh, I'm already kind of good at that. Let's get even better at that, right? And that's really where your inner genius is just waiting to be unleashed, right? There's, there's an amazing musician within all of us and all we need to do is figure out where it is and capitalize on it. And the second question you ask is the one that we normally ask first, but I would encourage you to ask it second is what did I not like about my playing? Right. And this isn't a question that you sit in and you feel bad and you're like, Oh, that sucked. I'm really horrible. Like, that's not what I'm saying here. What I'm saying is just be honest about, Hey, I didn't really like this part that note I played. I didn't really hear the chord changes. I didn't like my rhythm. I didn't like the way my horn sounded, right? You start asking yourself those questions and you write them down and get specific about what you don't like and what you need to improve upon. And then what you can do with this information of the things that you did like and the things that you didn't like is you can come out with one strategy for each one that you want to implement, to try to improve upon those things. But again, so many of us aren't actually doing this. So many of us are just kind of, you know, improvising and going, I liked it. I didn't like it and forgetting about it and not really actually sitting down to figure out like, what is it that I like or don't like? Because once you gain that clarity, then you're actually able to start tackling the problem, like finding the solutions to the problem that you're facing and getting out of that musical plateau. Again, not doing the same things over and over and over again and expecting different results, but making what we call small pivots, right? So I identified an area I want to improve upon. Okay, now we practice. 
Okay, let's listen again. I identified an area. Okay, now we pivot. We do another one. We do another one. And so really it looks like, imagine like a, a zigzag up a mountain. That's really what it looks like. You're making different pivot points until you reach the top, right? And so that's the way we want to approach our jazz playing too to get off of musical plateaus is constantly be analyzing what we're actually doing and making adjustments. All right, so that's number five. Number six is to start a musical project. Start a musical project. So musical projects, again, I I have talked about this on the podcast as well, but I want to continue to talk about this concept because projects are super important you know, even outside of music, like always having something lined up. Like for me, I'm a, I'm a travel enthusiast. I love to travel. It's just something that gets me excited. It gives me something to look forward to. So my wife and I typically have some kind of trip, whether it be a small trip or a big trip lined up in the future. It's just something that's there, something that we know we're working towards, right? We're getting to that trip, right? Because we like to do that. That's something we're interested in. And so the same is with music is when we have a project to accomplish, like something that we are working towards, it creates an element of fun around it, right? And sometimes when we're on musical plateaus, it's because we don't actually know where we're going, right? It's like wandering through the desert aimlessly and you're just getting lost and more dehydrated, right? But when you actually know where you're going, then you know that you're headed towards the oasis, right? You're headed towards the oasis. And then from that one, you're headed to another one. And from that one, you're headed out of the desert and into the jungle, right? And so on and so forth. I hope you're following me with my analogy here. So the project, the musical project that you set up for yourself, not only helps you stay focused on something to actually practice and work on. Once you accomplish that project, you'll feel this sense of accomplishment. And that sense of accomplishment will help you feel like you are improving because in fact, you are improving. Remember, number one was take a break because if you take a break and you come back to it, you realize you have actually improved. It's just that you weren't seeing it happen You just needed to step aside for a second, right? And so every time you accomplish a project, you could be pretty certain that unless it's something that just absolutely has no musical value at all, which is pretty unlikely, that you are progressing in some way, shape, or form, right? So the project that we do in our Inner Circle membership is we learn one new jazz standard a month. And the reason we do that is because Learning jazz standards, as far as jazz and jazz improvisation goes, is the highest leverage activity that you can do, and it's very application-based, right? You're learning and practicing things based upon a song, and so therefore, you're bound to improve every single month as long as you learn a new jazz standard every single month and accomplish a few tasks around that jazz standard, right? Others in our inner circle, they work on courses like our Rhythm Changes course, helps you work on and master rhythm changes, right? But again, there's a project in there. And actually, there's a bunch of small projects that lead up to a big project within a course like that. And so whether you have something formal, like I'm talking about with my Inner Circle membership, or just you're doing something on your own, like you hear an awesome, um, an awesome, uh, let's say, uh, let's pick a random musician, Cannonball Adderley solo, 
And you're like, wow, I would love to learn just one chorus of that. Like, I would feel so good if I learned just one chorus of that Cannonball Adderley solo. Amazing. Now we have a project that we can work towards, and we can break up that project into smaller chunks to make it manageable, of course. But now we have a project that we can work towards where we can be almost entirely certain that by the time we're done that project, we will have improved as a musician in some way, shape, or form. Now, the last thing I kind of just want to say around these um, different approaches to musical plateaus is that mindset is really important, right? I talked about the high achiever and like how that could be such a great thing if you're one of these people like I am, where it really causes you to be a motivated person and you tend to take action on things. Whereas other people have struggle with that. Like they don't have as much natural motivation or the um, drive to take action on things. And that's fine. But then the dark side of being a high achiever, of course, is again, this constant state of unsatisfaction, right? This not being satisfied with where you're at. And you kind of want to balance these things out for sure. At least in my opinion, you want to balance these things out. You want a healthy dose of like, hey, this is just a journey. You know, we don't have to get anywhere tomorrow precisely, right? It's just important that we're making progress. That's still important. But the mindset needs to be more around like, hey, we're not trying to get somewhere tomorrow. We're just trying to get somewhere over the next month or year, right? That's a different mindset than this continual sense of urgency, which can really lead to these feelings of discontent and anxiousness that you might feel around your jazz playing if you're in this musical plateau. So mindset is super important whenever we're talking about improving as a musician. So let's review really quickly um, these different strategies for attacking musical plateaus. Number one was take a break. Number two is practice something different. Number three was get expert help. Number four was ask a fellow musician how you can improve. Number five was audit your playing. And number six was start a musical project. Well, hope you enjoyed today's episode. Uh, Really enjoyed it. Hope you take action on today's episode, of course. And if you need help taking action, of course, do check out our Learn Jazz Standards Inner Circle membership. I mentioned we learn one jazz standard a month, but we also have a bunch of amazing jazz courses, a community of uh, musicians playing all sorts of different instruments. Uh, It's it's a lot of fun in there. So ljsinnercircle.com is where you can check that out or check out the links in in the show notes or wherever you're listening to podcasts. Just look at the description of the show and you'll find a link to the Learn Jazz Standards Inner Circle. We'd love to have you join us and uh, learn together with us. So we're going to be coming out with another great episode of the podcast coming out next week. Look forward to seeing you back then. Happy practicing and cheers. Hey, podcast listener, would you like to ask me a jazz question and get it answered here on the show? Then go to learnjazzstandards.com forward slash ask. That's learnjazzstandards.com forward slash ask. I look forward to hearing your question and answering it on a future podcast episode. Learnjazzstandards.com forward slash ask or find the link in today's show notes.